Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Happy first Friday in November, and welcome to our bonus episodes for this month. We're doing bonus episodes the first Friday of each month as a way to kind of focus in on a topic and just get some more interviews in front of you. So I'm super excited. Now, this month's bonus interviews are all about a subject that might make you feel uncomfortable. You definitely might want to listen to these episodes before listening with little ears in the car. But I think it's an uncomfortable good is what I need to say about it. We're going to be talking about pornography. And so we're going to spend a couple episodes talking with people about pornography and how we can heal, how we can help, uh, how we can uh, redeem, how we can change, all of the things. And I hope through all of these episodes that you see that we really truly believe that there is healing um, here available. There is hope. Jesus has not left us abandoned to our own desires. And so we're starting today with a conversation from Sam Black. He works at Covenant Eyes, which he's going to talk about Covenant Eyes in today's show. But he released a book in May called The Healing Church, What Churches Get Wrong About Pornography and How to Fix It. I was able to read this book, and I do say I recommend this book for for you guys, if you are in church leadership especially. But also, I say in the episode, I really believe that we're all leaders in some form or fashion. You're leading people in your home, in your sorority, in your dorm, uh, at your workplace. You're leading somebody. So conversations about pornography are going to arise in some part of your life, and this is just a great resource. I want to say this. If any of you guys are struggling with pornography, I hope that throughout these next couple episodes that you hear zero shame from anybody. I, I, I know that you won't, but I hope you don't internalize any shame at all uh, because by no means is pornography the worst thing that could ever happen to you or you could ever be addicted to or dabble in. Uh, it is something that has also been taken care of on the cross with Jesus. And so you are not too far gone. I want you to hear that from me. We're starting the the series with Sam today all about churches and leadership and we talk a little bit also about how churches can walk alongside women who are walking alongside their own husbands as they walk through a pornography addiction. And so you're going to love these. All of them are releasing today. So you can binge them. You can listen to them as you please. Uh, but know they're always here as a resource for you. We will link in the show notes any other time we've talked on the happy hour about pornography. We've had several conversations about pornography and technology. So those will be in the show notes as well. You guys... Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. I hope and pray that these next couple episodes are a massive resource for you. I hope they're a source of encouragement. I hope they are a source of hope. And I hope that you will not allow shame to enter in part of your story in listening to these episodes at all. Here is my conversation with Sam Black. Hey, Sam, welcome to the happy hour. It is an honor to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm so excited to have you, and we're starting a series today. You're, you're kicking us off, and it's a series that might make a little people uncomfortable. In fact, I was reading your book that came out in May, The Healing Church, What Churches Get Wrong About Pornography, and several times you say, this could make you uncomfortable, but keep reading. Like, like this could be hard. And I right? think the conversation that we're having over these next couple of episodes about pornography uh, it can make people uncomfortable, but I have found in my young 45 years of life and young 20 years of following Jesus and 
decades of marriage, two decades, not a lot of decades, and raising teenagers, that this is a conversation that the church needs to be having. And so I welcome you. I'd love for you to introduce yourself to my listeners. Well, this is a, this is a conversation that can be very, uh, not, not condemning, not shameful, but a little bit exciting, uh, a little bit intriguing. Uh, there's some things we can learn and grow from. My name is Sam Black again, and I'm the author of The Healing Church, What Churches Get Wrong About Pornography and How to Fix It. I'm also the director of recovery education for Covenant Eyes, and Covenant Eyes creates software, accountability software, and educational resources that help people stop using pornography for good or never start. And the reason I wrote The Healing Church, What Churches Get Wrong About Pornography and How to Fix It, is to really help pastors and ministry leaders, lay leaders, etc., really understand pornography so that the church can address it well. Because we don't do a very... we only about 7% of churches in general do anything in regard mm. to supporting someone who might have a struggle with pornography. Mm. Mm. So good. Well, I was um, got to dive into your book, and at the time of this recording, I've got, I don't know, about maybe 80 pages left, and I'm excited to finish it. And I'll, I'll give the listener a little background for me. Um. Pornography has been something that has been a part of my story in a small and large ways. My husband um, was addicted to pornography early in his life, overcame that by the grace of God and Holy Spirit and all of the things that God does for us uh, previous to our marriage. But So we both brought sexual trauma into our marriage in different ways. Um, I was a person in college who viewed pornography alongside of people that I was dating, and it has kind of crept back in in the most unexpected, weird, not a, not a lot of ways, but Sam, I have a book coming out in February where I write a story about just in the last 18 months, uh, a, a time that me as a woman who's happily married and does ministry and talks about Jesus all the time, viewed pornography in a hotel room for the first time in over 20 years. And so shame and all the things that came across that. And so it's something that I talk about because I know that this affects a lot of people's lives within our churches. And um, you are here doing so much good work to help churches. So I want to start with pornography in churches. There is a probably a grand misunderstanding that Christians don't really struggle with pornography. Like maybe they did, or it's not something that's actually active. But you and your book lay out a lot of statistics that are really quite, I would use the word alarming a little bit, about mm -hmm. the actual use of pornography. I, I'm going to start with one statistic and then I want you to talk about it. It's from 2014, so it's a little bit old, but listen, if it's this high then, I can guarantee you it's higher now is what I have mm -hmm. to say about that. Mm -hmm. That The statistic was that from 2014, Barna did a study that of people who would claim to be born again Christians, so evangelical Christians in our churches, 14% of the men viewed pornography on a daily basis and 54% on a monthly I'm going to tell you, Sam, the monthly wasn't as alarming to me as the daily was. And so talk to us real quick. What is happening within our churches with pornography? I don't know if you want to call it an epidemic. Like, I, I don't know what you, the language you would use, but let's talk. How prevalent is porn use within people who call themselves followers of Jesus? 
Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and there's a, a later study in 2000, just two years later, uh, <laughs> now two-thirds of men in the church, a third of women in the church say they have an ongoing struggle with pornography. So what does that look like? Well, they're maybe watching pornography once a month or every six months or something like that. Um, there, So that is, hey, I've got a struggle. I can see it. It's tempting to me. That's one thing. But when we look at eight ages of all men, 37% say they're watching pornography multiple times a week, mm -hmm. 37%. And then if you look at the age demographic of 18 to 30, Christians are saying of that age, or 36% are saying they're watching it daily, right? Mm -hmm. So, oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. uh, and about 14% of women. So this is very, you know, the, we are seeing impact throughout the church in this. And I think it's very important we understand that pornography is undermining every ministry in the local church. And you say, wait, 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 Sam, every ministry in the local church? Oh, yes, I'm talking about children's ministries and teen ministries, adult ministries, marriage ministry, uh, seniors ministries. Like, pornography doesn't have a demographic. Uh, I led a meeting yesterday, uh, a newcomer meeting for the Samson Society, uh, where men are coming in to fight something in their life that is bigger than they are. Often it's pornography and unwanted sexual behavior. Uh, and in there, all, every man that came into that meeting, they described as their story because I tell my story first and then they can tell their story and probably for the first time. And what I hear over and over again is that early exposure. Mm -hmm. And a man who was in that meeting yesterday, he was five. Mm -hmm. So we have to understand that this early exposure is can be very impactful for our children. And yet mm -hmm. we teach Bible stories, but we're not help equipping parents to train and equip their kids for the day that they will be exposed to pornography. Mm -hmm. It's because it's not if, but when. So the average age of first exposure is somewhere between the ages of 8 and 12, depending on what study or survey you're looking at. But where's, I see regularly in Christian homes where children are being exposed at 5, 6, 7, 8 years mm -hmm. old. So we need, that we, that's just children's ministry. Then we think about teens, and um, they're among the most prolific users of pornography. And by the time they get to adulthood, now they have a 800-pound gorilla on their back. And what are they mm -hmm. going to do there? They're trying to fight, but they now they've got this compulsiveness by going back to pornography. We said 37%, 36% of men daily, right? Mm. Uh, and so um, we think about seniors, and yet I've, I've been to men's events and it, where I've had men in their 70s and 80s coming up and say, this has been a lifelong battle for me. Mm. So we really need to understand as the church that pornography is undermining every ministry in the local church. So if we're not addressing it, we're actually losing traction. We're losing the effect effectiveness of our ministries because we're ignoring something because we don't really know how to talk about it. It's too mm. shameful to discuss. We're missing an opportunity for deep discipleship too. Mm. You know, one of the things that struck me when reading your book, well, I want to say first real quick about the early exposure. Um, I, I love that you said it's not if, it's when. I say that all the time to parents. It's not if your kid sees porn, mm -hmm. it's when. Um, and unless you're living underground, like Kimmy Schmidt did in the TV show, and you live there for 30 years, I don't know, someone might, the trash might seep through and you still might see it. I don't know. It feels impossible. Um, 
But I remember um, when one of my kids was early exposed, it was at a hair salon on another kid's phone. And I remember telling my husband, Aaron, I was like, oh my gosh, like we have, we, we're now going to have a porn addict on our hands. And my husband very calmly (laughs) calmed me down, you know, and was like, you need to calm down. And, um, you did talk in your book about it's that early, uh, exposure is a, is like an indicator, but then it's a consistent a consistent, 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 consistent. That's and right. you add, you you do some other things in there. So I want to like just say that for the moms listening that can feel yeah. like, oh my gosh, what am I doing here? Which we can have a whole conversation about conversations and open conversations. But I want to skip to that because I've talked about that on the show a lot. And I'll link yeah. to those shows that we've uh-huh. talked about parenting with porn. I want to talk to you about this, Sam. Yeah. One of the things that I read in here that I thought, well, this is really, really interesting. And I would love for you to talk about how we do this because I think one of the Something that can happen. I, I just confess that I, I've looked at porn, but I, I don't have a struggle. I've never been mm-hmm. addicted. I don't mm-hmm. think about it. Like it's right. it's not a, an addiction for me and it's not even sure a huge struggle. Like, but there are some people who can think about people who struggle with porn. Like they hear the stats, 14% are looking at it daily or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and go, mm-hmm. that's gross. Like, why would you do that? What mm-hmm. is wrong with you? Like, mm-hmm. how can mm-hmm. you even call yourself a Christian? And there's so, we can put so much shame Mm -hmm. on those people. And you talk in your book, correct me if I'm wrong. I think you said when our churches are preaching messages about pornography, there's like three types of people. You said there's the people who, and again, this off the top of my head, you said there's the people who like don't really struggle with it and they know it's wrong. So yes, purity. Yes. Mm -hmm. There's a person who struggles with it occasionally. Yes. I want purity. And then there's that third person Mm -hmm. who knows they need purity, but they're addicted. Mm-hmm. And and it is like they know they need it, but they can't. Right. And I how that I think, and you can correct me because you're the expert. I feel like that third group is where the church is failing. You tell me. That's right. I I would I would say that's that's a, a spot where it's, it's it becomes more difficult because then we have to press into it a little bit, right? Yes. And so we're like, how can we do this? We don't know how to do this. So, uh, it's I tell my story, but my story isn't unique. It's a common story for people who struggle with compulsive behavior with pornography. Um, three factors are almost always present, and that is the early exposure. Uh, and number two is the ongoing use and repeti- repetitious use of pornography. And number three is some trauma or pain that's happened early in life, right? Like so a wound, an early trauma wound. Often it's happened early, but sometimes it can happen later as well. Okay. And so for me, I remember coming out of my home in Florida, my brother was leaning against this car and he was looking at a magazine sideways and that didn't make any sense. How can you read sideways? And I, uh, he and his friend were looking at it. I said, what are you guys looking at? And they turned it around for me. Uh, and I was naturally curious, like every child is curious. I actually got, you know, a little hit of dopamine that feels good and draws your attention to the point of it can give uh, for a child seeing not only nudity, but especially today's pornography, mm-hmm. that dopamine can focus uh, the attention also with, because it's often shocking, frightening, because in today's pornography, it's often violent and yeah. uh, very debasing, et cetera. And so dopamine, in God's design, dopamine focuses your attention on your spouse to the point of tunnel vision. The rest of the world disappears. That's God's design. Pornography is not sex. It's a hijacking of what God created. So, yes, I stepped forward. Even though I grew up in a Christian home, I stepped forward and I couldn't look away. And I hear that over and over from Mm. 
parents who say, my child said, mom, dad, I couldn't stop clicking and I don't know why. Mm -hmm. Right. So uh, norepinephrine awful, also kicks in and that's also associated with fight or flight and burns, helps burn memories. So dopamine, norepinephrine working together, mm -hmm. burning those memories in the brain. That's why if you ask just about any adult about the first time that they were exposed to pornography, they can tell you a full story even though they can't remember anything else about that day, mm. right? I just told you a story about yeah. something that happened to me when I was 10. I can't tell you anything else about what happened that day. Yeah. I also had a friend and his dad had pornography that was just falling out of his closet. I could take anything I wanted and I did. And But today mm -hmm. we are handing our kids phones mm -hmm. and they're literally walking around the largest library of pornography ever created in the history of mankind. Mm -hmm. And we just expect that they'll never be curious. Yeah. Right. We leave a lot of myths about our kids. Mm -hmm. So um, number three is though I can't grow up in a Christian home, my dad was hypocritically violent. And it was, and, and you say, oh, well, he, he, he spanked or something. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm talking about. Right. Uh, it was unexpected, continuous uh, debasing and um, there was a double life. Like raging. He was raging. There was lots of raging. Yeah. Right? So mm -hmm. um, I didn't realize at the time that pornography slipped from curiosity or maybe it felt good to escapism where mm -hmm. I could run to pornography when I felt fear or frustration or anger or lack of self-worth. And, and that would, so pornography would follow me from middle school to high school to college and my marriage. But I'm probably among the most fortunate men you'll meet <laughs> because by this time I've become somewhat agnostic. And my wife has begun attending a small church in our community. And she asks if I will go to, with her to a marriage class. But these people were a little strange, a little weird. And they would close the door and they'd turn and look at the class with a big smile and said, Listen, this is a safe place. And what is said here, stays here. Now, people were raw and honest about the terrible things they said to each other in their marriage and the things that they were thinking and doing, etc. But in that honest environment, that is also where I discovered that pornography can be compulsive and addictive. Mm. And that was a great relief because that meant from a secular view, evolution didn't make me this way. From a, a new adopting Christian view, that God didn't make me this way and I didn't have to stay with this way. So I got to go on a deep discipleship, a journey toward really understanding why am I doing what I'm doing and how can I really begin living in freedom? How can I address the wounds in my heart, my mind, and my spirit, release those to Christ, release those in community, and live in greater wholeness? You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. 
I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. I don't know that you told that story about going to church in your book and stuff and and when that came out in that journey of yours. I, I didn't read that. Is that. Was that in the book at all? Yeah, it's, it's in there somewhere. It must be towards the end. I don't know because I don't remember <laughs> you being agnostic for sure. I would have remembered that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful for that. I want to yeah. talk about um, specifically churches mm-hmm. and for how churches can actually walk alongside people who are willing to talk about this and willing to come mm-hmm. forward about this. Cause I do yeah. feel like it can be such a secretive thing sometimes. Um, and so it can also be super shameful for, um, a man or a woman. And I will always say man or a woman because the, it, it is a struggle for both sexes. Um, mm-hmm. I would say it's predominantly, um, men percentage wise, mm-hmm. but okay. we do, I do not ever want to leave out the women because ever since I wrote about pornography in my very first book, people come up to me all the time, Sam, and say, I've never heard anyone talk, a woman talk about it. Thank you for sharing that. And so I know there are women who are talking about it, but I also know that a lot of times women feel super shameful over it. So let's talk about churches and how we can walk alongside people in our communities. And by no means do I think that every person listening to this podcast is um, a pastor on leadership in their church. Mm-hmm. But I do think as Christians, we're all leading people, whether that's the that's people right. in our family, that's the people in our community groups, whatever it is, we are leaders. And so we're going to talk to everybody about walking alongside someone. And so I would love for you to just talk to us about what are some things um, that churches and leaders can do to walk alongside someone who um, is struggling through a porn addiction. Right. And I think the first thing we can do is gain some knowledge and understanding. Because if we don't really know what's going on, if we didn't, we didn't well, then we really don't know why, why is this person struggling in the first place, right? Right. <laughs> that helps. Yep. Uh, Covenant Eyes provides a free app. It's called Victory by Covenant Eyes. And within that is uh, more than 30 courses that help people understand how do I, people get stuck? Why do they often That's stay good. stuck and how we can mm-hmm. live and learn to live in freedom. And it's really written personally. So, Hey, how did I get stuck? Uh, right. So, and the, you can download the first chapter of the healing church at the healing church.com. So a couple of things that really begin, uh, because knowledge 
precedes understanding and understanding precedes change. Understanding also brings empathy and with empathy comes grace and we need to show Christ's grace. And what we're doing is creating a safe place where we can really dive into uh, one another, to support one another, right? And a safe place isn't about um, being nice. It's about being Christ-like, right? Mm. <laughs> it's about being Christ-like. Shame knows you're powerful when you're honest. And you talked about women feeling shame. Well, men feel shame too. Mm-hmm. I think just women feel even more shame because we've just heaped so much more on uh, how a woman is uh, responsible for a, a man's purity. Mm. That's 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 another tough subject. That's a whole another conversation. <laughs> that's a whole other conversation, Sam. right? But um, we. I grew shame. up in that purity culture. I remember all those conversations about how I'm responsible for the man looking at me. Okay, carry on. <laughs> I won't bring my baggage to the table today. <laughs> okay. So what we need is a safe place and a safe process where we can really begin diving deep. Oh, by the way, Covenant Eyes provides a, lo- a ton of resources for creating a safe process. One is that called uh, a Life Change, and it's a workbook that you can go through with someone else uh, to help them begin a, a discipleship journey. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's video, free videos that go along with it. it. It's just another resource that's very easy to use. And so, but so often the church, we um, are, are on this spectrum. And on one side of the spectrum, or let's say on the left side of the spectrum, it's okay to come as you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all have problems. We all have sin in our life. You know, we just have to just keep going on. But you're never really called to change, right? And on the right side, uh, people who have problems, who have deep struggles, who are Christians, Maybe you just don't belong with us. And mm. so if we're going to. Like maybe uh, you're not a good enough Christian. Uh, maybe you just don't love Jesus. Wow, right. Yeah. Maybe you Ooh, don't. That uh, makes me feel a little uncomfortable, Sam. But yeah. Um, well, I, I remember uh, well, as I was writing the book, a, there was a, a church board who said, you know, one of their members came mm-hmm. and said, listen, folks, I want you to understand that I'm struggling with pornography and I don't want this in my life. I hate this in my life. And I, I would, I would love your help mm-hmm. and whatever that means. And so not only did they remove him from the board, they removed him from the church. Jeez. So that's not grace at work, right? Mm-mm. So in this, and there's a, you know, that and spectrum you know what, has Sam? many degrees. I don't mean right? to be, I don't mean to be like interrupting your story, but yeah. I need the search engine for all the people on that board who uh, said he couldn't come back. Look at, look at, I'm getting all fresh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, Sam? <laughs> the stats <Right>. don't lie. <laughs> what we're looking for is in the center is it's okay to come as you are. Mm-hmm. Even Christians who are struggling with whatever you're struggling with, maybe it's pornography. Maybe it's your addiction to food or shopping mm-hmm. or your raging anger or yeah. your pride or whatever else is going on in your life, but it is a continuous thing that's happening and you don't have victory. It's a stronghold in your life. Mm-hmm. It's okay to come with that. We are going to love you so much that we are willing to walk with you and not abandon you. We're not here to shame you and just say, well, we're just going to say a quick prayer over you and you're done. Mm-hmm. This is an opportunity for deep discipleship. Now, listen. God can do anything. Uh, He heals people of their addictions and their struggles and their pride and all kinds of things in their life, right? He can do that. 
But often he calls us on a journey of sanctification, a journey that comes one trusting, childlike moment at a time. Not being childish anymore, but being childlike and trusting that I am going to stay in the process. I'm going to allow the iron to sharpen iron, where that looks a little difficult. I mean, when you think about that that verse from Proverbs, we think, oh yeah, we're just going to file over. No, it is striking metal against metal. It is a process that takes time that is sharpening us and encouraging us and helping us grow. Listen, I can tell you that many people come to want to fight pornography in their life. And then when they begin a really good process, they they discover they open up the closets and they light up the dark corners in their lives. And now they're really digging deeper why this struggle is happening in the first place. And as they are doing that, they are getting to live a greater and more whole life in Christ overall. There's the one thing that, man, if we just had victory over that, we'd be okay and everything else would be fine. And when we really be deal with it in a in a safe, with a safe place and a safe process, we discover, mm-hmm. oh man, Christ has so much more for me than just getting over this this one sin in my life. Yeah. I've yeah. got more in my life. He's got more for me. Yeah. And sometimes that can feel a little scary because my personality is like, well, if we just don't dig it up, then we don't have to deal with it. (laughs) And I've been working through that, I promise you, for a long time. But what I have found is what you're just saying is that digging that up, it is uncomfortable. It's that iron sharpening iron. It's, It's like, oh, this is hard. But then you find a freedom that you didn't have before. And so it's worth that digging. And I I have, you know, talked with a handful of people on the show about addiction. Mm -hmm. And usually there is what you said earlier, you know, some kind of wound, some kind of trauma that has happened in their life. And so healing from the addiction often means healing from that trauma and that wound Mm -hmm. that has Mm -hmm. happened in your life. I want to ask you this, Sam, since we see the statistically a majority of porn users are men, we do have a lot of women in our churches. Mm -hmm who are walking alongside a husband who yeah. either has confessed to porn use, they have been mm-hmm. caught in a porn use. Um, and I, you can talk about two different scenarios. Maybe there's the guy who's like, oh my gosh, I hardly ever do this. I'm so sorry. I can't believe. Wow. I, mm-hmm. I, this mm-hmm. is not going to happen again. And then there's the, what we would say, an addiction. And mm-hmm. so I would love to hear you just talk a little bit to that woman who might be either in the in the midst of dealing with that or maybe she just found out is just so hard because she feels a lack of trust and she might feel unloved all the things and so would you just kind of walk with us a little bit through some encouragement for her and what you think would be the best for her to walk alongside her husband in this journey well that is so there's so much in there and and you can definitely make a whole show out of just that one issue. But I I I did have Dr. Sherry Keffer write a chapter within the book where she really begins outlining how does this impact us? Why is it so hurtful? Why how is it impacting the, me not just mentally, mm-hmm. but my spiritual life, my my value as my self worth? What about my marriage? How how is it impacting my thinking about my financial future. Well, there's like so much going on there. And so often we have neglected 
her. We have we in the, especially in the church because hey, he's got a problem. He needs some grace, and I prayed with him, and it's going to be okay now. Mm. Where we haven't really done any discipleship, and she goes, wait, I just found pornography on his devices again, or I found this history, or I found these phone calls, or mm. this is going on. Uh, there's some other things that are sound, that are awful fishy about. Yeah. he's not living that life of wholeness like he says and nobody is really helping him do that and so that can that can be a very very scary situation but even if he is receiving some you know a bible study or something that they're going through even on a surface level she's often ignored mm. and she just has to carry that weight like it's all about him and she doesn't get any support for all the struggle that she is feeling in what is essentially betrayal, mm. right? It She is experiencing trauma from this betrayal. And that is, often, it, again, it is so often overlooked. It's worth a whole bunch of support. Uh, there's a, a book called Intimate Deception by Dr. Sherry Keffer. I love it. I think it's a great resource and can really uh, help a, a wife dig a little deeper and understand all the things that she is feeling. Would you say, as you've done a lot of work over the years with churches, would you say, what? well, I guess my question to you is, what is the thing that's lacking the most? You talked about knowledge leads to understanding and understanding leads to empathy and empathy grace. I love that so much. What would you say in your um, years of experience and work mm. walking alongside churches, would you say that it's more a lack of knowledge and understanding or a lack of grace and empathy? Or a lack of calling men and women up to a higher standard of living, like kind of like if we don't talk about it and we don't acknowledge it, then it's not really happening. Where would you say, in your just opinion, would be maybe the weakest link in that little triad? Man, I, I, that's tough. That's a tough question because it's all of the above. Mm -hmm. And we often also have this uh, exceptionalism. And the exceptionalism is because I attend this church and we have this theology Pornography impacts other churches more than ours. Wow. Or because- A little pride fit, like a little like, this is not something we deal with here. Right, right. Or also it can be the exceptionalism of my individual church because mm. I don't, uh, I've talked to the people, I've looked them in the eye, they look great people, like great people, um, or they're not, they sound like they're very open to that. I don't know if anybody's struggling or not. You know, I had one pastor say, you know, I had, uh, I look at the statistics and I'm pretty sure people in my church are struggling, but they don't talk to me about it. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause one, there's not that there's all this shame and that yeah. we don't know how to address. There's another issue that we need to understand of why our churches don't address this well, or only 7% of churches are, is we're pretty hard on our pastors. We don't mm. give them a lot of support and help in doing this. I can remember a pastor who said, Sam, I was reading from scripture. I am preaching uh, from and talking about Rahab and I'm reading scripture and it calls her a prostitute. And after church, man, some ladies come up to me and says, I can't believe you use that word. Mm. You mean what word? You were reading from scripture and you, you didn't skip over that word prostitute. 
And he says, so Sam, what do you, what should I have said to them? Mm-hmm. I said, well, probably the first thing you should say is grow up. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> right? I mean, come on, look at the world we're living right? in. It's falling apart and in so many <laughs> this ways. This is what we're worried about. <laughs> <laughs> and, we're, and we're worried about reading scripture as yeah. as it said, you know, listen. Um and we so we've not helped our pastors very much. Mm-hmm. And we also when we have had some struggles, we're not really working with our pastor, or even if we've overcome them, are we helping our our pastor lead others in the church? Are we participating in the discipleship? Mm-hmm. No, another thing that we're probably missing here is there's a fear. Man, this looks like hard work. Mm-hmm. I mean, goodness, I, addressing pornography. Look how many things I've got to do already, and and now we're going to address something like this. This is going to be hard. And really what we're doing, what we need to think about is what are the benefits? Mm. Because when I wrote the church, I interviewed more than 70 pastors, ministry leaders, uh, and counselors and others. And every church that was doing this work well, every church that was addressing things like pornography, every church says, pastor says, I'm not doing more work now. I'm doing less. Mm. Because having had a spiritual awakening, all the things that uh, sociological studies are showing how pornography is hurting the church, instead they've reversed all of those. So people were pressing into their prayer life. They were Mm -hmm. pressing into their scripture life. They had a greater faith in God. And they, having had a spiritual awakening, would say, hey, pastor, I'll do that. I'll take on that. I can do that. Because Every process that is described in the book always requires that having healing, you have to mm. give that healing away. Yeah. We get to keep what we give away. Mm. So they actually found the opposite, like it, this uncomfortable conversation and what is this going to do? It actually led to people pushing in even more in their spiritual lives. That's right. I so that. I, I mentioned briefly some sociological studies and what they found in these studies from the University of Oklahoma and, and some other surveys that were done at Christian colleges, that w- there was a direct correlation between pornography use and whether someone was uh, often reading their Bible or mm-hmm. uh, their scripture, uh, their mm-hmm. prayer life, mm-hmm. uh, how often they attended church or gave to the church. In fact, they a very specific one was measured the num- the amount of pornography used or how often it was used and the likelihood that that person would serve in a volunteer role in their church over the next six years. A direct correlation with that pornography use diminished all that. Wow. Now, with when, when all, and again, all those churches that were doing this work well reversed all of those kinds of issues in people's lives. So there is so much to be gained uh, but we're we're fearful of stepping into that, not realizing that so all the benefits yeah. that are available. Yeah. You know, I'm grateful for the work that you put into this book, The Healing Church, what churches get wrong about pornography and how to fix it. And you guys, I recommend this to leaders in your church, lay leaders, your Sunday school leader, your community group leader. This is a really great resource for you because also it's not Like if you have to talk to someone about pornography use, it's when, and this is such a great resource. Sam, I'd love for you to finish up our time here talking about Covenant Eyes and what you guys offer. Um, Our family has been Covenant Eyes users for 
years and years and years and years and years. And so I'm grateful for the work that you guys do. But just give us a little um, snippet about what you guys do and how you can offer people the, I forget how you said at the beginning, protection from ever seeing it or from seeing it again. It was really great. So tell us about that. Right. We create software and content to help people stop using pornography for good or never start. (laughs) Right. And uh, so we have this, uh, I use Covenant Eyes accountability software on my phones, tablets, computers, and whatever appears on my screen, even if it's, I'm offline. So even if I put a flat flash drive inside of my computer, pornography appears on my screen, it can be captured, blurred before it ever leaves the device. And uh, that goes to three men at my church. So uh, it's a reminder that says, hey, I've committed to someone else. Um, And if I stumble, they can know about it. I know they'll know about it. And we can have a discussion, a hopeful discussion. What was going on? How were you feeling? What were you thinking? What were you thinking of doing, et cetera? What's going on in your life? Mm -hmm. And so when we bear into that, we're really practicing the one another's, you know, James 5.16, to confess our sins to one another and pray for one another that we may be healed. We can can really do that, Mm -hmm. right? And so uh, we also provide lots, tons of great education and and tools. Um, You can find those at covenantize.com forward slash resources, covenantize.com forward slash resources, or uh, download the Victory app by Covenant Eyes and uh, just great resources in there that can help you understand why am I, why do I, am I feeling, why have I been mm-hmm. so stuck with pornography? Yeah. How can I begin taking a journey toward real and lasting freedom? Mm. I love the way you described um, the email accountability of it because it's not just like someone finds out and then you know they know and they know that you know and then you just carry on but to really take that a step forward and have this community and this connection and these conversations because i can't remember the acronym you might know it sam about what is usually happening when someone falls back into their addiction mm-hmm. um tired hungry stress i i don't remember what it was you know what i'm talking about yeah i do yeah uh, one part called? is called easily a uh, halt uh, hungry halt. angry lonely tired but i also there call something called c triggers those are social emotional or environmental triggers, maybe mm-hmm. emotional things that I hear from my past and yeah. that trips me up. So yeah, those are, and by the way, a deeper explanation of those is found in the Victory app. So you can actually go through those easy tools, audio versions as well. So you can listen while you're going down the road, just download the Victory app by Covenant Eyes. It's great. I it's love great that resource. so much because it is just a reminder of to the person who's listening, who wonders, I just don't understand pornography. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand why someone would want to be trapped in this. I just don't understand why someone would want to do this. Mm-hmm. And um, I just hope this conversation has encouraged, and your book does that so much of just explaining um, the addiction a little bit. And I think it is helpful for us as followers of Jesus in leadership to do that knowledge that leads to understanding, like you said, um, because this is a real problem that our real brothers and sisters are walking through. And it is an opportunity for us to love them and point them to the true healer who can help them. Um, and so I'm, I'm grateful for the work you guys are doing. You, you personally and Covenant Eyes. And we have a couple of episodes that are coming out today, you guys, all about pornography. So um, I encourage you to listen to them. Sam, anything else you want to say before we go that we didn't cover? Well, Covenant Eyes, again, provides a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you want to try it and you just say, this, I don't well, want to do this, that, yeah. you know, what do you got to lose? You got a 30-day money-back guarantee on it. 
I love that so much. Um, I'd love to hear what are you reading these days? Uh, I'm I'm reading. Uh, I serve on my church board, and uh, we're reading a book called Building the Body, and okay. it's really helping us go. How are we? How are we as a church? How are we? Are we a healthy church? Are we a thriving church? Are we a little anemic? How are we reaching out to the community? What are we doing? Are we focused on our church walls? Uh, it's it's going to be fun. Next Sunday, we are doing Sunday morning service in one of our community's local parks. So the whole church is coming to the city park, and we're, <laughs> we are um, at making hamburgers and hot dogs as well after the service. And we've got a, a great, uh, some great music and things like that. So just reaching out, uh, living out our faith uh, in our community, being winsome and loving to others. I love it so much, Sam. It sounds like it sounds like the church being the church. So good job uh, to your church. Uh, you're in Michigan. You should just give a shout out to your church. Maybe someone wants to come visit you guys. Oh yeah. Hey, Durand Church of the Nazarene and and little little bird called Durand, Michigan. And in, in my in it. my county, I think we have more deer than people. So we. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a great place to live. I it's, love it. it I, I love, love it. it. Well, Sam, I appreciate you and the work you guys are doing. Um, thanks for coming on and talking to us about a conversation that is needed and I think wanted, uh, but can sometimes feel uncomfortable. Uh, but once you get in, you're just like, here we are. Let's talk about it. Uh, we all have struggles. Um, I like to say none of us come to the table without sexual trauma in some way or another. Mm -hmm. And this just falls into that for some people. And so... Um, Thank you so much for the work you're doing uh, to help our churches. Hey, it's an honor to be here. And just one reminder, again, you can download the introduction in the first chapter at thehealingchurch.com and buy it wherever you normally buy books. I love it so much and I highly recommend it, guys. I read it already. It's great. Me and Max Locator recommend it. I saw Max Locator on the front. So me, take it from Max and Jamie, you guys. You should read this book. The Happy Hour is produced and hosted by myself, Jamie Ivey, with assistance from Nikki Ogden and Ashley Caldwell, and the show is edited by Jason Talley. 